Well, hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. We're going to do what we did last week. We're going to break this up into two parts with um, what God um, um, says to Mary and then ultimately Mary's response. And so Luke chapter 1 will begin in verse 26. Much like last week, we asked the question, what do you do with disappointment? Or have you ever been disappointed? Right? And we answered that with what do we do in that and when in the midst of disappointment we trust that God is always faithful right when well, the same way this morning and I ask this question um, have you ever been in a place where you didn't understand what was going on anybody okay yeah most of us can say we've been in a place where we don't understand and we ask that question it's like God what's going on why is this happening right there's there's not a single person in this room that has not asked that question at some point in life right i, I know that there's many of you it feels like sometimes it does for us sometimes like it's one thing after another right and and we we simply a lot of times ask the question why why is this happening so so what do we do when we don't understand right well, here's what we do, and this is what this story with, with what God tells to Mary, what tells us, and simply our aim this morning, right? Our aim is simply this. We can trust God even when we don't understand. Even when you've asked the question, why, have you gotten an answer? <laughs> Man, some of you, come on. Even when you've, when you've asked the question, why, have you always gotten an answer? No, you haven't, right? So even when we don't understand, we can trust God. And watch what happens. Luke chapter 1, starting verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Let's just stop right there, unpack this real quick for you, okay? In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Gabriel is coming for a second time with a second birth announcement, right? The first birth announcement was to who? Elizabeth, right? Now Elizabeth is pregnant, okay? And it's going to tell us that the, in, in this passage in just a moment. She's six months pregnant, and so Gabriel then comes along, and he's going to have a second birth announcement, but sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Well, listen, there's nothing, okay, we find this out later in the Gospels, right? What good has ever come from Nazareth, right? So that tells us a lot about Nazareth. In fact, today, um, many archaeological digs have been done in Nazareth, and what they've unearthed was that it was a small little agricultural village. It was basically just agriculture. They, 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 they raised sheep, um, and there was some winemaking going on, and that's pretty much it. There wasn't a whole lot in Nazareth, okay? Now, why is that important? It's because it's contrast to the first birth announcement. The first birth, birth announcement is given to a priest in the holy places in the religious capital of the time, Right? And now the second birth announcement is given in the middle of nowhere. Right? In the middle of nowhere in this little bitty town called Nazareth. 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, listen, of the house of David. Why is that important? Right? Okay, look, betrothal. We, we, we don't really have anything that compares to it. Our modern day uh, betrothal would be engagement, right? Um, but engagements can be broken off very easily, right? Then a betrothal had to be what? It was a, it was a law, it was a, it was a legal binding agreement. In order for that to be broken off, there had to be a divorce taking place, okay? So they were, they were in this, right? They were in this. And so you saw the, the word come to life a while ago when, when Mary tells Joseph, I'm pregnant, Yes, speechless is, is the least of his words at that moment, right? Like, uh, uh, what, what, wait, what? Right? And so, so but, but, then, but then, here's the deal. We've given this information that it's through the house of David, and Gabriel's going to mention that in just a moment. But listen, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her, and he said this, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Okay, greetings, O favored one. This is simply a, a phrase of, of endearment, of saying, hey, you are the one that is favored. Basically, you're the one that God has looked on and said, I'm going to extend my grace and I choose you. Nothing that Mary did. Listen, nothing that Mary did got her in this position. And, and why that's important is because the reason when we don't understand we can trust God is because God's the ones in control to begin with. He is and he always will be. And so it says, Greetings, O favored one. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. Okay, so, so she's got some angst here, doesn't she? Like, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on. The, the, to, to be troubled was to kind of have this vexation in the soul, this anxiety, this angst of, of I don't understand, I don't know what's going on, right? Now, I think we could back up and, and think through this in the humanity of things, right? Mary is... is is engaged, betrothed to this man to be married, right? And, and she's from Nazareth. And, and Mary, most likely, like us, didn't think she was anything special. And, and so there's some angst here of like, I, I don't, what is happening, right? I gotta, I, gotta, I gotta try to understand what's going on and what's being said to me. But listen to what it goes on. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. 
So Mary has got this angst in her soul. What is, what is being said to me? And the angel gives her some things that even when she doesn't understand, this is how she can know to trust God. Watch it. He says, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. Okay? You're going to call him Jesus. So what that meant was, this is the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God saves. Right? Right out of the bat. Hey, you want to know how you can trust me? And even in your not understanding of what's happening and what's being said to you, Mary, guess what? You're going to have a son, and you're going to name him God saves. But that's not all he does. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Well, okay, now, now what Gabriel's doing is he's, he's, he's reiterating to her what she already knew. See, Mary was of the Jewish culture. She would have known and understood the law. She would have known and understood the Old Testament. And so when Gabriel says that you, that he will be great and be called the son of the most high, what, what Gabriel is referencing is, is Genesis chapter 14, the order of Melchizedek. Okay, well, what's the order of Melchizedek? Well, the order of Melchizedek is this, is that Melchizedek represents both king and priest. And he blesses someone named Abram who the covenant of God starts with. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that covenant. And so when he says here that, that he will be the son of the most high, Melchizedek calls himself the priest of the most high. First time we ever see the name of God as being most high. But what Gabriel is doing here is he's reiterating to Mary, hey, you want to trust me? You want to understand what's happening? You don't always have to know all the answers, but you can trust me because listen, this is through Abram. This is through Abraham in the order of Melchizedek. He is the son of the most high. But then he doesn't stop there, right? Because the covenant starts with Abraham. Watch what he does. And the Lord will, God will give to him the throne of his father, David. What does God promise? That the, the line, the Messiah is coming through who? The line of who? Come on, church. Yes, come on. Where is he coming through? It's like I can touch y'all forever. He's coming through the line of? Boom, okay, now that you've got that, listen to it again. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. God's saying, I am going to fulfill all that I ever said I would fulfill. Not only does he say through the covenant of Abraham, he says, hey, he's coming through the line of David. Watch what I do. Listen to what else he does, man. This is huge. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Who's Jacob? Well, Jacob, if you know, is who God gives another name to, and his name is... Man, y'all are good. We're good. About, even got it back here going this morning. Israel, right? 
who God then does what? Continues to affirm his covenant. Mary, I know you don't understand everything, but listen, you can trust me. I am the God of the covenant. Beginning with Abraham, going through Jacob, coming through the line of David, his name is Jesus. And you can trust him because he saves. And he is who he says he is. Verse 34, And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? Contrast this to Zechariah's question to the angel, which says, How shall I know this? Right? They're, they're different. They're subtle, but they're different. Zechariah says, How do I know this? Right? I'm an old man. Mary says, How will this be? She doesn't ask how to know and how to understand. She said, how will this be since I am a virgin? And, the Gabriel, and Gabriel answers her much in the same way that he answers her the first time. You can trust in me. I know you don't understand all of this, right? But, but you can trust in me, and here's why. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called holy the son of god and this is the first as sean unpacked for us two weeks ago it's the first time that we see the trinity at work together in the new unified together working right look what it says the holy spirit will come upon you the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And, and really what's going on is that, that, that Gabriel is telling Mary, Gabriel is telling Mary, hey, I am not only now given you an understanding and, and helped you be empowered by, this is the God of the covenant telling you these things, but now he's saying, hey, you are, be, you are being given power, Mary. Like, the, the, the Godhead three and one is coming onto you and with you and in you and working, right? And he goes on and he says this, and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren right for nothing will be impossible with God so Gabriel says Mary says how will this be since I'm a virgin and Gabriel says hey you are being empowered by God Almighty himself but but listen just in case you needed a little bit extra encouragement and understanding right even when you don't understand, you can be rest assured this. Hey, Elizabeth, who was called barren, we talked about that last week, right? That word barren, desolate, destitute, nothing there, is pregnant with a son in her old age, which was probably news to Mary, right? Why would it have been news to Mary? Because what does the previous passage tell us? Elizabeth kept it what? Hidden, right? So, so Mary's probably like, 
what? Are you kidding me? Right? But then Gabriel follows it up with, for nothing will be impossible with God. Right? Nothing will be impossible with God. And I think sometimes when we find ourselves in a situation, a circumstance in life, when we say, why is this happening? Or we say, man, I don't understand what's going on. One of the things I think as believers, those of us that have put our faith and trust in Jesus and said, hey, I'm, he's the Lord of my life. Those of us that do that, I think sometimes we forget that we've been given the Holy Spirit to come and live inside of us since the day of Pentecost. And we, don't, we, don't, we, we forget that we have that power, the power of the living God that lives inside of us. Mary's over here going, how will this be? And, and Gabriel's saying, hey, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. There's where your strength comes from. When you don't understand, there's where your trust comes from. And, 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 and here's the deal, believer, disciple. You put your faith in Jesus, the living God lives inside of you. So whatever you face, it doesn't matter whether you understand it or not. You can trust him, and the Spirit gives you the strength on the days that you can't. That's who he is, because nothing is impossible with God. But then look at Mary's response. Whew. May we all be this open-handed God, right? And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. And in the midst of our not understanding, in the midst of, of going, Why, God? May we all respond with, I'm your servant, God. May it be as you say it to be. How many of you have ever gotten to a point you're dealing with circumstance and, and you prayed that prayer like, God, whatever you say. And, and then you stepped in and it was like a, another blow. Like you, you said, God, whatever, whatever you say. And then you took a step and there was another blow and you're like, I better pick this back up. Right? I didn't, I, I surrendered it, but man, he's not, he doesn't have control. I better pick it back up. Right? That's what we do, isn't it? But man, shouldn't this be our prayer every single day when we wake up and, and Scripture tells us His mercy is new every morning? God, I am your servant. Let it be as your word says. What you say, Lord, that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to follow. I'm going to trust you even when I don't understand it. I love Mary's response. It's reminiscent of Isaiah chapter 6, right? When the Lord's in front of Isaiah, and, I, and he says, who will go for me? And Isaiah's like, here am I, send me, right? It's a moment, it's an act of worship when we surrender in that way. And, and whatever you're facing today, whatever you're facing in these moments, whatever circumstances you have going on in life, when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can be assured of a few things. 
Number one, you can be assured that the Spirit is inside of you working, moving, and giving you the strength to put one foot in front of the other because sometimes that's all you can do. Number two, you can trust that He is the God of the covenant and He's the God of faithfulness and He's never failed anyone and He won't start with you. And number three, nothing is impossible with our God. Where you don't see a way, He has already made one. That's who He is. That's his character, and that's his nature. And you can rest assured in those things, even when you don't understand. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word this morning, for, for bringing it to life for us, God, for, for singing your word and declaring who you are. Father, to opening it up and, and, and proclaiming this is who you are. This is the God that we get to serve. And Father, so, so this morning would our response be, God, we're yours. We're yours, Father, and, and we surrender our lives to you. Father, these are your moments. May we respond to your word accordingly. In your name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen.